His name is Jesus, right? His name is Jesus. Now, I was reading the past week in Micah. I mean, who reads Micah, right? I mean, Micah is a difficult book to read. It's all about judgment, darkness. And, uh, and I was reading the scripture, and I knew we were singing this song. There was hope in the verses of Micah. And it says in Micah 7, verse 8, Though I sit in the darkness, the Lord will be my light. And he came. And that's why we're here today, to celebrate who Jesus is. Let's pray. Our Father, we thank you for the power of music and the power of worship. We thank you that you came in a world that was waiting and longing and in darkness, in a hopeless state. And you were quiet for 700 years and nobody knew what was happening. There was a promise and promises that you would come and for 700 years, nothing but darkness. And then you came. And you came, you came to become the light of the world, the light of our lives. You brought in hope, the thrill of hope. And we thank you for today. We thank you for the time to share and to look into your word, into this hope, into this name, Jesus. In your name I pray, amen. All right, well... If you are a guest with us, welcome. I hope you enjoy that. Thank you for being here. And um, Tom mentioned already um, a connection card that you should have received um, as you came in into a program. If you fill that out, take a minute, fill that out. And then at the end of a service, we have an offering. You can drop that card in the offering basket. And um, I, I want to quickly recognize real quick um, we had a good group of people that went out yesterday to feed homeless people and, uh, and, and those that were in need in Detroit. A good number of you went and so thankful that you went down there to serve and, to, and feed the hands and feed of Jesus. Um, also want to recognize my wife is not in here at the moment but um, you know, today my wife and I celebrated our 18 year anniversary so yay. Alright. And so we you know, we're just thankful for all that God has done in our lives and in the, in the adventure and the journey that he has taken us through. And um, as we look at Christmas, you know, one of the songs we sang, one of the songs we sang is, Do You Hear What I Hear? And, and, and for a deaf guy, that's not my favorite song. <laughs> Do you hear what I hear? And oftentimes, you know, we... We don't hear, we, we, we don't listen, we hear things, but we're not listening. And, um, and, and I think that's a powerful moment and a powerful anthem for us to think about. Because as we think about the Christmas season and how busy it is, that we miss the Christmas message. We miss it. We, 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 we don't hear it the way we should hear it. You know, I've, I heard this story about a 90-year-old man who went to the doctor. And, uh, and the doctor, you know, did a complete physical on this man. And after the physical, he sat down in the counseling room and, and he talked to him about his report. 
And a nine-year-old man, he said, okay, nodded his head, and then he left. A week later, the doctor was out at a restaurant, at a place, and, and uh, there was some music happening. And he looked out at the dance floor, and he sees this nine-year-old man dancing with a 25-year-old blonde bombshell. I mean, it's just, <laughs> just going out. I mean, he is just dancing. And the doctor was like, what in the world? And so after the song was over, he pulled him over and he said, man, what are you doing? And, and the nine-year-old man said, well, I'm doing what you told me to do. And, he, and the doctor said, well, what do you think I've told you to do? And he said, well, you told me to get a hot mama and be cheerful. <laughs> and the doctor said, no. I said, you have a hot mama. <laughs> be careful. Well, we, sometimes we miss the message of Christmas. And in Luke chapter 2, there's this passage, very familiar, so life-changing. It's about the shepherds, and it's about the announcement that they hear. And they heard it. And they get it. There was no question that this night changed the lives of the shepherd forever. In Luke chapter 2, verse number 8, the Bible says there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today, in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He's the Messiah, the Lord. And this will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloth, lying in a manger. Suddenly, a great company of the heavenly host appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven and on earth, peace to those on whom his favor rests. Well, what an announcement. For, for a baby announcement, this is incredible. I mean, this beats all the baby announcements I ever see on Facebook, everything I've ever seen. I mean, to have angels pop out of nowhere in the darkness of night to make this kind of a baby announcement to shepherds. And, and think about this. You're a shepherd. You're a lowly, lowly shepherd. You've got the lowest job on the totem pole in this culture. I mean, no one thinks, you know, when they grow up, I'm, I'm hoping to be a shepherd when I grow up. I mean, no one thinks that. And here these guys are just doing life. It's just another night at the office, right? It's just business as usual. There's a kind of passion time, just making sure that the wild animals don't get their sheep. And, and, and there they are. All of a sudden, the angel shows up, this majestic, holy, bright angel. And he's and he got to tell them, that, I mean, this is so out of the ordinary for them that he got to tell, you know, the angel got to say, don't be afraid because you would be scared too. Because this angel isn't a little angel we see on, our, on the top of our Christmas tree. I mean, this thing is terrifying. You know, especially since you've never seen one live, you will be scared too. 
And, and, and so the angel said, don't be afraid. I bring you good news. It will cause great joy for all the people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. Born to you. In some trans translations, you see the, the word to, it can be used, it can be translated into the word for. That he can be born for you. Born for you. He was born on, on your behalf. He was born on my behalf. And Jesus came into this world. He came into this world for presidents and for paupers. He came for kings and for the commoners and everybody, everybody in between. He came for everybody. And the message, this announcement goes to the lowest rung in society. And said, hey, if the Savior came for you, then it comes for everyone else. And as we wrap up this message series, a Savior is born. I want to talk about the Savior. A Savior. The word Savior literally means a rescuer, a liberator. And in fact, the name Jesus means the one who saves. The one who saves. That's the name Jesus. And, and so in, in the Old Testament, we see the name Jesus in the Hebrew language. It's pronounced as Joshua, which is the name Joshua. It's the same name of Jesus in the Greek. It also can be pronounced as Hosea. We see that book. And both of these two individuals, Joshua and Hosea in the Old Testament, it's a picture of, of, the, of the fullness of who Jesus is. Because both of them were rescuers. Joshua rescuing the, 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 the Hebrew children and delivering them into the promised land. And Hosea, you know, he had a, he had a compassionate love rescuing his wife who was fallen into prostitution and still went after her. Rescuer. And then we see Jesus, the ultimate Savior. And he's been born to you and for you. And this morning, I want to look at three life-changing discoveries that are found in that statement. A Savior has been born for you. Number one, if you're taking notes, the Savior is born to save you from an eternal hell. It was born to save you from an eternal hell. You see, a lot of people don't like to think about hell. In fact, I know a lot of churches don't like to talk about hell. I know a lot of churches, pastors, they don't want to touch the subject. They don't want to touch the word. They say, well, you know, that's going to turn some people off. You know, if we talk about hell, you know, it might offend some people. We might turn them away. Hell. And, and, and you know, it's a, it's a word we don't want to think about during Christmas. Hell and Christmas, you know, you don't usually see that in the same sentence. But Jesus was a savior. What is he saving us from? 
We have to know this. He came to save us from an eternal hell. And every person, and this is the truth, this is the, truth, and this is the hard truth, but every single person who does not know Jesus Christ as their Savior is on the highway to hell. You don't know him as your Lord and Savior. You're on the highway to hell. Bible said in John chapter 3, verse number 3, Jesus said, no one can see the kingdom of God unless they're born again. The most familiar verse we know and uh, it's John 3, 16, most popular verse. We see this at the football games. You know, someone's always got a, you know, a little sign up, you know, that says John 3, 16. And it said, for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. See, John 3, 16 teaches that God that God loved the world, that God loves you, that God loves me, but also teaches us that we are perishing. We're perishing, which means to be utterly destroyed. But God loves you, and he gave his son. Why? So that you don't have to be perished. So that you don't have to face an eternal hell. See, you and I are in a collision with death and hell. And Jesus came to save you from that. And he'll save anyone who will call upon his name. Anyone. I love that. Whoever you are. It doesn't matter what you've done. It doesn't matter if you think you're worthy or not. All of us. Anyone who calls upon his name. Romans 10 verse 13. Everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. You'll be saved. And the Savior will save you. The eternal hell will save. And that's the Savior born for you and for me to save us from that. Here's the second truth. Here's the second truth. The Savior is born to save you from a living hell. A living hell. Now, that old song that I used to sing when I was growing up, old song, some of you might know this song. It was called In the Sweet By and By, We Shall Meet on That Beautiful Shore. And, 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 and you would say, man, that, that's salvation. It's for the sweet by and by. But salvation is also for the nasty now and now. It's for the tough times. And maybe you're here this morning and you say, you know, I've been saved from an eternal hell. But man, right now, I'm living in a living hell with my life. I'm addicted to drugs. I'm addicted to pornography. I'm addicted to this. I'm addicted to that. My life is just falling apart. I may not be going to hell. I got Jesus in my life. But I'm experiencing hell right now in my life. And some of you feel maybe that God has abandoned you, that God has left you. Maybe, maybe some of you feel like maybe God doesn't love you anymore. Maybe life doesn't make sense. And you would say that, 
this morning. He said, man, I'm experiencing a living hell. And I'm here to say, listen, the Savior has come. And this is good news. This is good news of great joy to save you right now where you're at today. To fill your life right now with the good things of God. In the angel's announcement, they talk about joy. Now they say, hey, we bring you great news, but great joy. And, and they want to give us joy. By the way, joy is not happiness. A lot of people think, well, you know, I, happiness and joy are the same word, but they're not. The word happiness, you know, the very first three letters of the word happiness is hap. In the happenstance. We're happy in those happy moments. And not every moment of your life is a happy moment. You know, if you have to bury someone, that's not a happy moment. If you get bad news about your health, I wouldn't call that a happy moment. No one's smiling, no one's happy. However, you can have joy. And the Bible talks about for those who are in Christ, that we can have a joy that's unspeakable. In other words, I can't quite explain it, but through the difficult moment, I may not be happy, but there's a joy in my life, a joy that knowing that God is not absent, that God is still on the throne, and that he's still working on my behalf. I may not see it, I may not feel it, but I have joy knowing that God is in control. And when you have Christ in your life, man, he said, man, I want you to experience the joy that only he can give. You can't manufacture that joy on your own. You can't manufacture, hey, you can manufacture your own happiness. But happiness is fleeting. You'll be happy one day, the next day you can't manufacture it because life just happens. Life is throwing curveballs at you all the time. But you can try to manufacture happiness, but it only goes so far. But only God, only his son Jesus can give you the joy that you're looking for. He says at the angel, and now he says, glory to God in the highest heaven and on earth, peace, peace. Wow. He said we can experience peace, joy, and peace. Peace. God loves people and he wants to give you joy. He wants to give it peace. He wants to fill your heart with his love. And when you become a, a follower of Christ, when you become a believer, when, when he comes into your life, he gives you the fruits of the spirit. You know what the first three fruits of the spirit is? Love, joy, peace. He wants to put those in your life. He wants to grow those fruits of love and joy and peace in your heart and soul. He came to save you from a living hell. In John chapter 10, verse number 10, the thief, Jesus talks about the thief, comes only to steal, kill, and destroy. He's talking about the devil here. Man, the devil, he wants to rob you of your joy. He wants to steal you from your peace. He wants to steal your love. He wants you to be the most negative person in the room. He wants you to not experience that peace and joy that you should have. 
they're constantly throwing your faith, your past. They're constantly throwing, you know, the, the circumstances that's around you. They're constantly throwing your face and say, man, you're a no good, good for nothing person. You call yourself a, a Christian. Man, you don't look like a Christian. You don't smell like a Christian. You're, and he will do everything he can to steal, kill, and destroy you and me. See, the devil wants to do two things. He wants to keep you on that highway to hell. He wants you to go to hell. But then once you get off the highway to hell and come to know who Jesus is, then he can do everything he can to ruin your testimony. He can do everything he can to make your life miserable. But here's the other part of that verse. Jesus says in verse number 10, I have come that you and I may have life and have it to the full. I'm here to give you a life full of abundance of joy, peace, and love to save you. He delivers us from eternal hell. He delivers us from a living hell. He wants to have life, a life to the abundance. But here's the third discovery I want to look at that the Savior is born to save us, to save us from a meaningless, purposeless life. The Savior is born to save us from a meaningless life. Look at verse number 15 here in the story of Luke chapter 2. When the angels had left, gone into the heaven, the shepherds, they said to one another, and I'm sure, I'm sure for a minute they couldn't speak. I, I'm sure there was a little pause right here, like what just happened? You know, did you see what I see? Did you hear what I hear? You know, did this really, really happen? Am I crazy? <laughs> I think some of the shepherds like, no, I think I saw what you saw. I think I heard what you hear. Yeah, we saw the angel, and a bunch of angels showed up. It happened. All right, so I'm sure that was, that was in there, all right? There was a pause. And finally, they said to one another, well, let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. So they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger. When they had seen them, they spread the word concerning what had been told them about this child, and all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherd said to them. But Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them in their hearts. And the shepherd returned glorifying and praising God for all the things they've heard and seen, which was just as they had been told. I mean, they came one way, they left a different way. They, they started off the night as just ordinary shepherds, just shooting the breeze with one another. They just passing the time, just low-life shepherds with no purpose, but just to make sure the sheep don't get killed by a wild animal. But at the end of the night, it brought change. They had a new purpose. They had a new meaning in life. They went and saw the baby. They were thrilled with what they saw because it was the sign that the angel was telling them that they would find this baby in a, in a trough, an animal trough. I mean, come on. 
You know, it's not, you're not going to walk into a house and see your baby in an animal trough. I'm not gonna, you're not going to ever come to my house if I ever have another baby, which is not going to happen, okay? Uh, <laughs> but if we ever have a baby, you're not going to see my little born baby in the dog, in the dog bowl. He's like, man, that's crazy. And, and, and the angel said, hey, you're going to find this baby in someone's pet bowl, in a, in a donkey trough. Oh, that's kind of weird. Well, babies aren't in those kind of things, you know. And sure enough, they went and they found that. That was the sign. It's okay, wrapping cloth. Not just any baby cloth, but the cloth that they would use to, to clean animals. I mean, the, Jesus, from the highest of highs, was born in the lowest of lows. In the most unlikely place. But it was the sign to confirm what they saw, what they've heard from the angels. And the shepherd left saying, man, I have seen it. I have seen the one who saves. I have seen this Savior. And the Bible said that they went and told everyone. And all that could hear. Heard the message about a Savior. He was born. Because the Savior has been born, we can have eternal life with Him. Because the Savior has been born, you can be, you can live in freedom today, walking in His joy and peace. And because the Savior is born, you can have purpose. You can have purpose in your depths. You can have joy and peace, but in purpose. You don't have to just live life through the motions. You can live life through the fall. I close with a story. It's a story I've told this. It's been a while since I've told this story, but it, there was this uh, boat on a, on a major river carrying passengers, and, and there was an older man on the boat. He was talking to a random stranger on the boat, and there was another boat that was kind of passing by. There was, there was another, another boat approaching from the opposite direction, and the old man looked at this, uh, this uh, the person next to him and said, hey, you see that boat over there? And he started pointing to that boat that was coming from the opposite direction. You see that boat over there? And, said, and, and, and there's a stranger said, yeah, I see that boat. So what about the boat? And he said, I want you, you see that man at the top? I said, yeah. I said, that's the captain of that boat. I said, okay. And he said, let me tell you a story about that captain of that boat. He said, many years ago, I was on the same boat and that boat was passing by. And somehow, I fell overboard. And I was drowning. I couldn't swim. I was about to die. And all of a sudden, the captain of that boat jumped out of his boat. He swam to me. He saved my life. He said, ever since that day, he saved my life. Every time I get a chance, every time I see him, I just love to point him out. I love to point him out. That man, that captain saved my life. 
And I'm here to say this. 2,000 years ago, there was a man named Jesus. He was the captain of our ship, the captain of our salvation. And you and I were drowning in our sins, drowning without hope. But a man named Jesus stepped out from the portals of heaven. He jumped down and he rescued us and saved us. And ever since that day, I love to point him out. I love to point him out. He's the one who saves. A savior was born for you, born for me, in the city of David, who is Christ the Lord.